Morning, everyone. So good to see you, and um, uh, it's so good to be in church today. And, and I, uh, I'm thankful for uh, our Heavenly Father who gave us Jesus, who became our sin, who knew no sin. Just let that resonate in your heart this morning. He became our sin that knew no sin. Uh, my message this morning is entitled, To Fulfill All Righteousness. Uh, and it's something that Jesus says, and I, I think sometimes um, this term, to fulfill all righteousness, that he says, it's kind of hard in the Bible to find an explanation to what he meant by that. And we're going we're gonna to dig into that this morning, and we're going we're gonna to really research what that really means, and not only in the scriptures, but in our individual lives. What does it mean to fulfill all righteousness? The Lord um, was starting his ministry. And one of the very things that he did um, was he went to the River Jordan and here the prophet John the Baptist, um, which was really Jesus' relative. He was, he was a, a cousin to Jesus. And we know that by Mary and Elizabeth and their exchange in the scriptures, right? Does anyone remember that story? What happened when Mary met Elizabeth? Does anyone remember what happened? The child left in Elizabeth's womb, which was John, because she was with child with Jesus. So, so even before they were born, they had this connection. And I got to tell you that if you really research this subject, John knew who Jesus was. He knew that he was special. He knew that probably through his childhood, um, there was something different about him. I'm sure he knew about the incidents when the Lord was in the temple contending with the priesthood and the family lost him. I'm sure John knew that. That would have been a big thing in their family. I'm sure they connected often when they met to go back to Jerusalem. I want you to understand that John knew Jesus. Now, did he know him to be the Messiah? I don't know that. But he knew who he was, and he knew he was special. He knew he turned water into wine even before his time at the wedding of Canaan. And now Jesus comes to this very important point to start his ministry, and he goes to the water, and there was John baptizing those that were in need of baptism. And let me, let me set that up for you. I want you to understand, it wasn't new to them. The wonderful ordinance of baptism wasn't new to the people. In order for Gentiles to be accepted, I believe the word is proselyte, right? To be accepted into the Jewish faith. They had to be baptized. Remember, I've taught you, brothers and sisters, and you've heard it from this rostrum, that the gospel is unchanging. It's everlasting. And so baptism, which is a part of the gospel, was always from the beginning. People that needed to rededicate their lives to God and have remission of sins were baptized of John. And now Jesus is at the shore. 
And I would like you, if you would, just indulge me. Um, we've got this wonderful technology, and of course we want to use it. It's a short little video I want you to watch. When I watched it, it moved me. And I want you to watch it as this beautiful scene unfolds as Jesus approaches the water at the waters of Jordan. This is found in Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then come Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? He knew who Jesus was. I believe with all my heart, brothers and sisters, he knew he was without sin. And I believe with all my heart that he knew that he was the Lamb of God at that moment. I believe by the divine Holy Spirit how holy this, this, this ordinance was at this moment. I believe that John knew that Jesus was the Messiah at that moment. And Jesus answered, saying unto him, Suffer it to be so now. Permit it, John. Allow it. Surrender yourself, John, to this very, very thing that God wants. For thus it becometh us, you and I, not just me, together, to fulfill all righteousness. And then this beautiful, beautiful verse. And he suffered him, or he permitted him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Well, you know, my brothers and sisters, you might say, How did John and... How did Jesus fulfill all righteousness? How did they do that? How did they accomplish that? Did you feel the Spirit of God in that, watching that this morning? Yes? Did Jesus have need to be baptized? You're allowed to speak up. Did he have need of being baptized? You know he could have said to the Father at that moment, you know I'm you. Scripture teaches us he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, the Scripture says. Do you know I'm you and you want me to be baptized like my creation? <laughs> oh, the humility and the meekness of Christ. And even when John was saying this is craziness, I have need to being baptized of you. There's another scripture that captures the moment that says, I'm not even worthy to latch at his shoes. Lace them up. <laughs> well, beautiful scripture in 2 Nephi that explains to us what this meaning is to fulfill all righteousness. In 2 Nephi 31, and we're going to start with the fourth verse. 
says, and it's the questions that we have. It says, wherefore I would that ye should remember that I have spoken unto you concerning the prophet, John the Baptist, which the Lord showed unto me, that should baptize the Lamb of God, which should take away the sins of the world. And now if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness, oh then how much more need have we, being unholy, to be baptized, yea, even by water. And now I would ask of you, my beloved brethren, wherein? The Lamb of God did fulfill all righteousness in being baptized by water. Those of you that might struggle with that interpretation and, and how that's actually interpreted, all the writer is asking here is, how did it happen? How did it, how did it come about? And then Nephi throws a question, like I did. Know ye not that he was holy? But notwithstanding, he being holy, he showeth unto the children of men that according to the flesh he humbleth himself before the Father and witnessed unto the Father that he would be obedient unto him and to keeping his commandments. Is that a great explanation? We're going to dive into this in a second. Wherefore, after he was baptized with water, was God pleased, brothers and sisters? Was he pleased? The Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. And again, brothers and sisters, it showeth unto the children of men the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate by which they should enter, he having set the example before them. Amen. You know, when the, the Holy Spirit pronounced this blessing upon Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, brothers and sisters, but to every one of you that have gone through the waters of baptism, through the gate by which this beautiful scripture calls out, through the narrowness of the way, the straightness of the path. I want you to know this morning by the Spirit of the Lord that it is Jesus Christ that says, this is my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased this morning who have gone through the waters of baptism and have taken upon myself the name of Christ. We didn't argue about the straightness of the path nor the narrowness of the gate. And so I want to ask us a question this morning, brothers and sisters. Have we fulfilled all righteousness in our lives daily? You know, there wasn't one thing that Jesus might have tripped upon or argued about to the Father or contended or debated. Not one thing. The father said it, and he did it. And he did it with full obedience and with a willing heart. Even when people, not so much like John, John was just, he wasn't really rebuking the Lord. He was just saying, this doesn't make sense to me. 
But even when Peter rebuked the Lord, right, even the Lord was so humble and so beautiful. No, no, no. Be it far from you, Lord, that the cross is waiting for you. Oh, Peter, don't you understand I was born to this end? This is why I was born. I was born that I might take upon sin, even though I don't know sin. That I might be obedient in all things as an example to you that I fulfilled all righteousness. What, what does that even mean, brothers and sisters? What does fulfilling all righteousness mean? He humbled himself before the Father. That's number one. I told you he could be equal with God. He was God in the flesh. He was subject because he was in the flesh. And in our lives, brothers and sisters, do we continually humble ourselves before the Father in everything? I know I've got to look closely in my life. I've got to look closely in my life to say, am I doing the best I can, Father, to humble myself in every situation? That your way is the best and not mine. How I want to see as a church, brothers and sisters, and as a, a body, that when we're faced with challenges that we don't understand, like John the Baptist, that we humble ourselves and seek the Lord, who will give us direction, who will make it clear to us. I believe that when Jesus spoke this to John, no, 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 no. Suffer it to be so, that together you and I, we might fulfill all righteousness. It resonated with him. He permitted the Lord. He humbled himself right along with Jesus and made it happen. You, you don't get a better example of Jesus and I right there. No, no, Lord, you don't understand. I have this really, really, really unruly person that just causes me such grief. I don't care if it's in my family. I don't care if it's a spouse. I don't care if it's a child. I don't care if it's a mother, father, aunt, uncle, a co-worker. I have this person that's so unruly in my life. No, 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 no. Brother Pete, suffer it to be so. That you might show charity and love and forgiveness and patience, which I will equip you with, that you might fulfill all righteousness. Because at the end, God wants us to have a peaceful, loving relationship. Amen, brothers and sisters. He witnessed to the Father that he would obey his commandments. You know, further down in this beautiful chapter, in 2 Nephi, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to Nephi, both the Father and the Son, and says that, if we don't endure to the end, we're not going to see the kingdom of God. Well, how are we going to endure, brothers and sisters? Mike just gave us a beautiful lesson this morning on grace and forgiveness. Well, that's number one. We're going to endure by being forgiven, that's for sure. As often as we humble ourselves and we acknowledge we made a mistake, the forgiveness and grace of the Lord is ever present for us. Calvary is right there for us, brothers and sisters. But it is also incumbent upon us that we might follow Jesus. We can't be picking choosy about how we're going to follow the Lord this morning. No, Lord, I'll follow you some of the way. 
I'm not going to follow you in this matter. That's not enduring to the end. Are you with me this morning? Enduring says, come what may, with all of my faults, with all of my issues, with all what life throws at me, Lord, I'm going to follow you, come what may. Are you determined this morning, brothers and sisters, to follow Christ? Two weeks ago, I was in San Carlos, and the spirit of repentance came into that meeting. And we began to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. How many of you know that song? I've decided to follow, no, no turning back. No turning back. There was no turning back for Christ as he went into the waters of baptism. That was the sign that said, I'm going to Calvary. It was the beginning of obedience for the Lord that says, I'm going to fulfill all righteousness, and I'm going to Calvary after this. Oh, brothers and sisters, if that don't stir you up, that doesn't make you so excited. There's no turning back. All of a sudden, the brothers and sisters begin to sing in Apache, I have decided to follow Jesus. Take the whole world, they sang in Apache, and give me the Savior. You take the world. I want Jesus this morning. No turning back. And with that, our dear sister who had been out of fellowship for a number of years, right, Brian? Oh, my brothers and sisters, the spirit of repentance fell upon her. And she began to cry out in her native tongue, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And we were able to restore her to fellowship that very moment. And the, and the blessings of the Lord filled that building. He showed the children of men. Now, now it comes to us. The gate by which we should enter. Jesus said one time, I am the door. I am the door. Oh, no, 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 no. If you want to climb up and come in a window... Or come in over the wall? What does he label us if we want to do that and not come through the door? Does anyone remember? What, Brian? A thief and a robber. Thief and a robber. You're not here for me. You're here to steal my sheep. And that makes you an enemy to me. But oh, if you want to come in through me, the door, where there's safety, where there's glory, where there's peace, where there's food, now you're my son and my daughter. You're my family because you came in through the door. You came in through the gate. You know, many people said, you know, Lord, we ate in your presence. We've drunk in your presence. And yet the Lord says, depart from me, for I know you not. I wonder why the Lord told him that. Broad is the way, the Lord said in response to that, that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to salvation, and few be there found on it. Why? Why, brothers and sisters? I'll tell you why. Because they're not submitting humbly to fulfill all righteousness. They want to come in some other way. Well, there's no other way. There's no other way to come in to the kingdom of God upon the face of the earth than through Jesus Christ. He 
Did you see how he grabbed John's arms and fell backwards and came forward? Did you see the mode of baptism that was in that beautiful, beautiful video? Apostle Paul says, for we are what? Buried in his death. And we are raised unto his resurrection. There's a great significance to this wonderful ordinance to fulfill all righteousness. Here's the significance. It's this simple. You know, I'm in love with Wendy, my, my spouse. Could have easily said 41 years ago. I don't need this. God knows my heart. I don't need this. I'm committed to her. I'm not going anywhere else. I'll just, I'll just cohabitate with her. I'll live with her. Nah. That's not God's order. I needed to get, make a covenant. And this beautiful ring is a sign of affection and fidelity that throughout my entire life, I will stay committed and betrothed to my spouse. That's what baptism is this morning, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we make such a big deal out of baptism. You know what the bigger deal is? And I say this to you this morning. It's giving your heart to Christ. That's the bigger deal. It's committing in your life by faith to repent of all the what you've done. And turn about and say from now on, come what may, I'm going to serve you, Lord. If you've committed that in your heart, walking into the waters of baptism is just this. I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to be completely, officially adjoined with my spouse forevermore. That's all it means. Baptism this morning is a, a sign outwardly of an inward change. And if Christ has changed your life through the Holy Spirit, if he has touched your heart, then we need not be so careful. Not, rather, we need to be anxious to come into baptism. And you know, brothers and sisters, I, I have to speak. Relative to the church of Jesus Christ, our church, it's the way to become a part of this church. It's not that we discount someone else's life if they've already committed their life to Christ or have even been baptized. We don't discount that, do we, brothers? Matter of fact, we celebrate that with you. But to be a part of this body, to be a part of this church, that's the gate. That's the way. I didn't say it. Some brothers in Monongahela didn't say it. Our general church headquarters, by the way. No, Jesus said it. In both Bible and Book of Mormon. And so this morning, I want to ask us, with all of our soul to um, 
to be righteous this morning is it's not a hard thing. It's not a high task. Who makes us righteous? Anyone want to answer that for me this morning? Christ. All you're doing is what Jesus did, is humbly surrendering to allow him to be your sin. Who knew no sin? Righteousness includes humbly conforming to the will of God. That's all it is. Righteousness includes covenant with God and his son Jesus that you're going to obey his commandments. That's what righteousness is. And if you mess up and make a mistake, the Lord has this awesome eraser. It was, it was given by his sacrifice on Calvary. Take it like a beautiful paintbrush with white paint. You soil your garment, the Lord dips it in the paint. And you see Sister Karen, uh, oh, there's one, and he just touches you up. How many of you have ever been touched up by the Holy Spirit to where you feel clean again? Because there was something in the water. And there was something in the blood that cleansed my soul and cleans it every single day, brothers and sisters, with a shower and the best fragrance-smelling soap, better than bath and body works and all that kind of crazy stuff, you know? It's the best. When Jesus gets done with me, I feel awesome. How about you? Righteousness includes receiving the ordinances of salvation. Marriage and a commitment to your spouse means that you receive the ordinance of matrimony that Jesus Christ himself set up from the beginning. Otherwise, it's not marriage, brothers and sisters. It's just, I don't know what it is, but it's not a commitment. And you can say, I love the Lord and I accept the Lord with my heart, and that's not enough to today. It wasn't enough for Jesus. It's not enough for me. Lastly, righteousness includes following the example that Jesus set. I can't tell you how much I want to please the Lord. And though I, I, I make mistakes, brothers and sisters, and so do you, the Lord knows my heart. I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. Apostle Paul says this beautiful thing, and it's the truth in our lives. And I'll give it to you in my English. What I would do, I do not. And what I don't want to do, I do. Anyone ever been there? Okay. And so he throws his hands up, Paul. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body of sin? Well, I want to just tell you this morning, who's going to deliver us, brothers and sisters? Who? Let, let's say it all together. Jesus Christ. Ready? Jesus Christ. He'll deliver us from sin. He'll deliver us from the enemy and the chains and the guilt and all the dirtiness and filthiness and shame of sin. He'll deliver us. All we need to do is run to him. Lord, I, I, 
I wanted to do good here, but it, it, I just made a bad choice. Okay? Ah, oh, the Lord says, where are your condemners? Where are your accusers? Okay, go and sin no more. Put me first in your life. And I want to conclude with this. We have a wonderful celebration next week. And you know that the Thompsons have been visiting here for about a year, Doug. And um, Brother Doug has made his choice that he wants to join our church. And I, I had much, much counsel with him over this, my Brother Mike. And we're excited with all our hearts that he has decided to join our church. And so uh, next week, um, 9.30, we'll be meeting at uh, Butcher Jones Beach. Um, Doug will give you all the details after church, don't worry. Uh, it's pretty easy. Um, and just like you see on that video, the words have changed just a little bit, and that's because we follow Jesus in the Book of Mormon, although these words were Old Testament words that Alma spoke at the waters of Mormon. But the words that we speak now is we call out the candidate's name, saying, having authority given me of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And Nephi says in this beautiful chapter, brothers and sisters, you read it on your own, that if we follow these commandments, and we go into the waters of baptism, then will I visit you through the Holy Spirit with fire to the remission of sins. It is by the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Christ and, and that sacrifice that was over 2,000 years ago that takes away our sin by faith in Christ. Brother Doug, you'll be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. And he'll be a, a part of the kingdom of God. And so, brothers and sisters, uh, we're going to invite you all to celebrate that day. Why not, right? We do that. We celebrate it um, when someone joins the family here. And our hope is, brothers and sisters and friends and all that you are here today, if you haven't made that covenant with God, consider it. Think soberly on it. And if you have, but you're here found in this congregation and you're saying to yourself, boy, I like what I hear here. I feel God's love. Then I would ask you to pray as to what God's will is for your life. At the end of the day, brothers and sisters, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan. And if he wants you here, to help grow the kingdom of God, then you need to ask him. With that, I'm going to give way to my brothers and sisters, or to my brothers this morning. I'm thankful that Jesus fulfilled all righteousness. Brothers, are you thankful? I'm thankful that he humbled himself in every situation. I'm thankful that he went to the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful that he died for me. 
I'm thankful that even on the cross, he was merciful to sinners. And he didn't quote the Ten Commandments to the thief and say, Thou shalt not steal. No, but rather he said, Today, this very day, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Oh, the grace of the Lord this morning. Oh, the, the, the compassion of Jesus. Oh, he loves sinners this morning and wants to make them clean and righteous and holy. Oh, how beautiful Jesus is. And I'm so proud to be his brother and a joint heir with the Father. I'm so proud to be his son and his daughter. I'm so proud to be having a privilege today to preach the everlasting gospel that was preached unto Adam in the garden when he left the garden and will be preached to the last man and woman on earth before Christ comes again. May God bless you is my humble prayer.